Sabres deadline recap, Jordan Greenway, now in Buffalo. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Sabres podcast, and thanks for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube. Search Locked On Sabres on YouTube, and you can find the channel there. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sabres for all your comments and your questions. We are coming to you here on deadline day, which means we have news to talk about a little bit later on in today's show. We'll recap that Sabres and Bruins game, which we're not going to spend a lot of time on it because we're going to want to move past it. But I do have a point that stems from that game having to do with the Sabres schedule. So stay tuned for that, as well as I got to get throw a take in about the Ottawa Senators. They are in it. And the Eastern playoff race has changed in the last two weeks. Um, there are a couple teams that I think are dead. And I think Ottawa is one team that is rising. So we'll get to all of that. But, of course, we have to start today's show with the trade the Sabres made on deadline day. And no, I'm not talking about Rasmus Asplin to the Nashville Predators for a seventh round pick in 2025. Jordan Greenway of the Minnesota Wild is where we will spend the majority of today's show. Um, I guess I will get the uh, the Asplund part of this out of the way. Um, it's more of a minor trade for Buffalo. They send Asplund away for a seventh round pick. I don't love it. I mean, you're just I know why they did it. They did it to give the guy an opportunity to play. He is an NHL player. He should be in a daily lineup. But the Sabres just so stacked up front that they really haven't had room for him. Um, but man, I, I've always liked Asplin as a defensive forward, a defensive specialist that Johan Larson replacement back in the day. And I thought he developed into that. It's weird to me, the season that he had for the Sabres, um, where he was out of the lineup so often because everyone knows what he is. You know, I'm not saying he's out there to score goals and he had eight points in 27 games, not that impressive, but the guy score, the guy finished last year with 80 games played 27 points playing a mainly defensive role um you know he would have been what playing in defensive zones what as defensive zone starts how many times um he actually Rasmus Asplund last year here's what's so amazing about Rasmus Asplund defensively how good he is the advanced numbers really show it off right last year in his first full season in the NHL he got selkie votes Nothing crazy. He got one third place Selkie vote and two fourth place Selkie votes, which made had him finishing 19th, right? Nothing crazy. But 34 guys got votes. He finished 19th in the Selkie voting. Maybe that was just the Buffalo chapter. I don't know what happened there. Um, but the guy is a good defensive forward. I think he's a good player. I think he's going to be a good player for Nashville. Not that upset about it. You know, he's a depth player. He's a role player. Sabres replaced him very quickly. Um, and good for him that he's going to get a chance to play somewhere. Obviously, the seventh round pick is literally nothing, right? It's a it's a can of tuna. Uh, it me- means nothing, um, but it's giving Asplund an opportunity to play, doing right by the player. You know what? That'll help the Sabres' reputation, I'm sure, a little bit. Um, 
just man, it's weird and it's frustrating, I guess, that they weren't they weren't able to find a way to use that guy because I do think he he is has some value uh, in the NHL. But the big news of the day, of course, Jordan. Greenway, forward of the Minnesota Wild, sent to Buffalo for a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick. The second-round pick being the Vegas Golden Knights pick that the Sabres acquired for Jack Eichel. I'm actually happy that it ended up being that pick because it's going to make the Eichel trade look a little better. It is. Then a second-round pick. If they had sent their own second-round pick, you wouldn't be able to do that. But now... I can go, oh, it ended up being Jack Eichel in a third for Alex Tuck, Peyton Peyton Krebs, Noah Osland, and Jordan Greenway. Jordan Greenway, listen, we'll talk more about the player. Not some superstar. But the odds of an NHL player in the second round, Byron Bader has it at 30% that the guy even makes the league. Other sites have it even lower and a 3% chance at the guy being a star. The guy the Sabres would have picked in the second round with that Vegas pick, more likely than not, was not going to make the NHL. That was the most likely result. That guy was not going to make the NHL. So now we get Jordan Greenway. He is in the NHL. And you know what? I think a pretty good player. And we'll talk more about him coming up here. But the Eichel trade, I, I just, I'm very happy that it ended up being that pick. Kevin Adams, when talking about Jordan Greenway, says, quote, a player we don't currently have. He referenced teams taking shots at top players. Darlene in particular, right? He gets cross-checked from behind in Florida. He got hit from behind in Tampa. He's missing games now, I think maybe because of the hit in Florida. And Adams talks about teams trying to bully the Sabres. Now, the Sabres players standing up to it and doing a good job of that, but they just wanted to give them another guy for that. I am not Mr. Toughness. I am not Mr. You know Retaliation and let's go after him. But... What I will say is if you're going to add a guy like that, this is the guy. I like this move a lot. And that is you might look at his numbers and look at his stats and think 18 goals in four seasons. What are we what are we doing here? What are we really talking about here? But I think the value is there. Now, Greenway is a big guy, right? He is. He is, oh, sorry, so Rasmus Asplund's page up is because he's not 5'11". Uh, Jordan Greenway is six foot six, 231 pounds. This guy is a truck. If you try to hit him, you're going down. If he lines you up, you're in trouble. He is a big hitter. He is physical. He is a very good defensive forward. His defensive numbers are good. A little bit of penalty kill time. We'll have to see how good he ends up being on that. He did not do a ton of it in Minnesota, but he did some. So penalty kill, maybe. Good defensive forward. Good speed. So this isn't one of those plugger uh, plumbers out there uh, that, that can't really skate. He's just out there being a dinosaur. Some skill. And that, to me, is where this really gets important. If you're going to add a player like this, you want the six foot six power forward. Get a guy that's got some skill. And I do believe that Jordan Greenway has that. He, by the way, 18 goals, 81 assists, 119 points in 317 games. That's in Minnesota. We have to start 
giving Don Granado enough credit as an offensive-minded head coach in the NHL. You don't know what a guy is going to do offensively with Granado until you see him with Granado. You can't even really project it. Tuck with career-high numbers. Skinner with career-high numbers at age 30. Thompson exploding. Dalene exploding. Everybody. Oposo got back to 20 goals in his fifth year in that contract with the Sabres. You don't know what Granado is going to turn this guy into. And that is a point to be made here with Jordan Greenway, who, by the way, has experience with Don Granado. Granado on that blue and gold embedded, the Sabres tweeted out, he's in there in the background in the meeting with Kevin Adams saying, I, I love this guy, and you're going to see a big smile on his face. He has, ex- he said he campaigned, not campaigned for it, but really wanted this player. Granado did. Coached him at the United States National Development Program back in the day before, uh, before he was even in college hockey. Um, so Greenway has experience with Granado. He's got skill. He's got speed. And I'm very interested to see what can Granado unlock in this guy while he is serving the roles Adam sees for him as a, t- a an element of toughness to add to the room um, to make sure that the guys don't get pushed around um, and get better defensively up front, right? We know the Sabres can score goals. It's not what they need up front. What they need is guys that are better defensively. This fits that bill. Offensively, let's talk a little about his offensive game for a little bit. I mentioned his numbers. He's got 38 goals and 81 assists. Just by looking at his numbers, you might be able to tell this. Maybe a little bit more of a playmaker offensively. That's not typically what you get for a six foot six power forward, guys that can create plays. But watching back, the Charging Buffalo put together a great compilation of plays from him at the Charging Buffalo on Twitter. The at the Charging Buff. If you watch Greenway enough in Minnesota. His best plays are playmaking plays. They're not goals. He's actually got sneaky, sneaky, quick hands. He's got good vision. He recognizes when he's going down low on the wall on a rush. He'll have his eyes open and see, oh, there's a guy coming down the slot past this back. He's got good vision for a power forward of where his teammates are. He's a good passer. In fact, his career season in 2020-21, so that is, um, that's not the COVID-shortened year. Well, it is. This is not the first COVID-shortened year. That is the restart year. In 56 games played that year, Jordan Greenway had only six goals, but he had 26 assists. That is about a 47-point pace. I don't think it's crazy to think Don Granado could get 40-plus points out of this guy. But I think if that happens, it's going to be a lot of assists. Because I do, watching his best plays, it's the playmaking that really jumps jumps off the page for me. Um, so what can he do offensively? What type of skill level are we talking about? We're talking about a modest skill level, but something. He is something that will help on the Sabres' bottom six. That's on the short term. The long term, he's 26 years old, fits the timeline, right? He's under contract for three years at $3 million per year. Now, I would say yes. 
that is too much money for Jordan Greenway. He's not worth $3 million a year. But the Sabres don't care about that right now. They're so far below the cap. Who cares? $3 million, whatever. And the contract expires, by the way, in two years. So end of this year, two more years at uh, $3 million. So they can fit it cap-wise. And for those next two years, I think he fits in as either the Kyle Poso or the Zemgis Girgensen's replacement. I, maybe this is a sign that they don't think both guys are going to be back. Both are unrestricted free agents at the end of the year. Poso at 34 years old, Girgensen's at 29 years old. It's amazing, Girgensen's still not 30. Uh, he's been with the team forever. So, what do they do? Well, maybe Girgensen's wants to test the market. Maybe and there's not going to be a huge market out there for him, but he'll have interest. And maybe he just wants to go to a team where he's assured to make the playoffs. Nobody would blame Gergensen for that, right? That guy has been through it. He has he has been with this team for almost the entirety of the drought. I don't think anybody would blame the guy for saying, "I I love it here," and I even resigned here, right? Like after year seven, I stayed and I wanted to resign here, but. I mean, you know, I've got, I've got, who's the right team to pick here? Tampa is calling over here. They want to give me a million five to be on the fourth line and I could try to go win a cup. I don't think anybody would blame Gerritsen for that. So potential for him to leave. And Ocposo, you know, maybe he wants to either hang him up or where the Sabres want to move on. Um, I doubt both are gone, but I would think maybe one is back. So if one is back, Greenway slides in and replaces the other as the physical fourth line guy that could put some goals in the back of the net, better playmaker than both Oposo and Gergensen are. Um, and can just bring that physical element, that veteran presence that those guys would be, would be vacating. Um, I don't know which one again is more likely to say, but if one leaves, then Greenway fits in as that a nice replacement that I thought Asplund was in line to replace four, but I do think Greenway is a, a better player for sure. And he does a lot more, uh, the physicality stuff, the speed than, uh, that Asplund does offensively. Even he's, I think a better player than Asplund is. All right. Jordan Greenway, a second round pick, a fifth round pick, by the way, real quick on the price. I don't care. Don't care. The fifth round pick means nothing. The second round pick, you had three second round picks, whatever. I, I I'm at a point with these picks. Like a lot of teams are starting to figure out where they're really just not worth that much. And I think the NHL is slowly figuring out that they're really not just not worth that much. You would dream of a second round pick becoming Jordan Greenway. Honestly, any guy that makes the NHL, you would dream of it. So good on the Sabres. I think it's a good deal. I like it by Kevin Adams. You know, we'll see how it goes. Um, I also bet he'll become a fan favorite just because of the hitting, because of the toughness. I think he's going to be a fan favorite. We'll take a timeout. What happened against Boston? Real quick on that. I got a point that stems from that loss against Boston. They can't use opponent strength as an excuse or they'll miss. And then Ottawa. How dangerous really are they? All that ahead here in the Lockdown Savers podcast with Joe DiBiase. And we are brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, if you're looking for a delicious treat, you don't want all the fat and calories, this is what you need. And they got got through the holidays. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me, where, where you want to eat healthier, uh, but don't want to compromise taste 
man, I got the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for the New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they are all 100% covered in real chocolate. Unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I don't know how Built Bar does it. While maintaining great macros, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now, you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been saying to go to Built.com, get them at Built.com. But now... You can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13 bar box of their hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Locked on Sabres podcast. Joe DiBiase on trade deadline day. Jordan Greenway in. Rasmus Asplund out in two separate deals. It's also the day after the Sabres lose 7-1 to one to the Boston Bruins. Was it really 7-1? to one? It was a 3 nothing game with five minutes to go. Horrible night to have the under, by the way. The Sabres played really well in the first period. Uh, fine, they played fine in the first period. Ukapeka Lukanen played great in the first period. It got away from them in the second, and then they really gave up in the third. No doubt about it. Lukanen smashing his stick. The two empty net goals. I don't mind Granato pulling the goalie there. You know, five minutes to go. You're down three. Go for it. Go for it. Why not? You know, we'll we'll see if anyone wants to talk about mental psyche or whatnot. But I don't think that's the reason if if they start to struggle here. Um, 7-1, fine. Whatever. Who cares? You're going to lose anyway, uh, but go for it. So I don't mind. I like Granado pulling the goalie with five minutes to go. I know that's not that popular of an opinion right now, um, but it just, it's the Bruins. You can't, it's the best team in the league at the Bruins. There's, there's no shame in losing that game. Here's the thing that I think about though, coming from that game. Yeah. There's no shame in losing to the Bruins. You can't use that crutch the rest of the season or the Sabres will miss the playoffs. They have the third hardest schedule remaining in hockey. Their next six games are all against playoff teams. They play Tampa, Edmonton, the New York Islanders, the Dallas Stars, the New York Rangers, and the Maple Leafs in their next six games. They can't use the crutch of, well, we were playing great teams. What are we supposed to do? Boston, you can get away with that. They're on a historic pace. Those six teams, you can't because if you use that as a crutch and say, well, we went two and four, and but look at the stretch they played in. They'll miss. They will miss the playoffs if that happens. They need to go at least 500 in these six games. They have 12 possible points against these six teams just to be alive and healthy in the race. Six points. Eight would be nice. Ten would be great. Six is the minimum. The minimum to hit to stay in this race, in my opinion. Otherwise, I think it's you're willing, you should be able to call this a collapse. So a real, real test. No Darlene is huge. No Tuck is big also. The hope is Darlene gets back Saturday afternoon against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Man, they need him. Man, they miss him. It is glaring. Owen Power is great as a rookie, but he's not well-polished well enough yet to be playing 28 minutes against the toughest matchups. He's he's doing a fine job, right? Like, he's doing a better job right now as a 20-year-old than Rasmus Ristolainen ever did in that role. 
but it is a big step down from a, a well-polished couple hundred games into his career. You could call him a veteran at this point. His In his prime, Rasmus Dahlin, it's a step down. They need Dahlin back, and they need him back quick. You don't rush him. You don't want to you know, have him get re-injured, but it is glaring how much they miss him. So no collapse. Just don't collapse in these next six games. It's a little worrisome for me, for sure, that uh, that might happen. And when we come back to wrap things up, the standings. There's a new team competing with the Sabres, but I think there are two teams now that are dead competing for the playoffs. That's ahead here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. We are brought to you by Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract interview and hire all in one place and indeed is the only job site where you are guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process find great talents through time-saving tools like indeed instant match assessments and virtual assistants with instant match as soon as you sponsor a post you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description. And you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Start your hiring process right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer is valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash locked on to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Final segment, Joe DiBiase in the Lockdown Sabres podcast. I have not yet had the chance to talk about the Jacob Chikrin trade. Jacob Chikrin sent to the Ottawa Senators for a first-round pick and a conditional second-round pick that can become a first-round pick. It is mind-blowing that that's all he got traded for. And yes, it is upsetting, it's disappointing, it's depressing that the Sabres couldn't pull that off given what he was traded for. I think it's a reasonable defense. What Kevin Adams said, that it's somewhat reasonable. Somewhat reasonable. I'm not going all the way. Because Adams said, or implied, the Sabres would have had to pay more than Ottawa had to. Ottawa is where Chikrin's family's from. It's where they wanted him to be. So that makes sense. Ottawa right there in line with the Sabres in terms of competitiveness. Okay. I get it. I get it from that front. Also, they're below the Sabres in the standings. Their first round pick was more valuable just by a little bit, but more valuable. So what was more? That's my question. If the defense is the Sabres would have had to pay more for Jacob Chikrin than Ottawa, and that's why it didn't happen. Well, okay. What was the more? Was the more a fifth-round pick? That's more. It probably wasn't, but that fits the description, right? Was more a second-round pick? Was it a first-round pick? Now, that's where we start getting interesting. Were the Coyotes asking for an additional first from the Sabres? Or were they asking for an additional prospect that the Coyotes didn't have to give up? I don't think it's crazy to think the Sabres should have met the asking price. But again, I don't know what the asking price was. Was it Matthew Savoy? Because then I kind of get it. Was it Josh Bloom who just got traded? Pol- Polkor Poltapov, their second-round Russian prospect from a couple years ago? 
Like, what was the more? Would be what I want to know before I'm willing to either crush the Sabres not getting Chikrin or defend them not getting Chikrin. So, incomplete information. Problem there is I have to maybe assume that it wasn't crazy. It, you just, you got to close, right? Like, you got to close the deal. It's what Darcy Regeer never did. It, it, it's, we'll see if it becomes a trend. This is the first go-round of uh, kind of a buyer. You're not all in as a buyer, but you're kind of a buyer. And they didn't close on a trade that made a lot of sense for them that they were reportedly interested in. So that's one. We'll see. We'll see going forward. If there are other ideas we find out they're interested in and they don't pull the deal off and it's not a crazy price, we'll we'll start to more and more think, well, can Kevin Adams close on these deals? I don't think it's too early to call it. It's way too early to call it. It's but but it's going to start being out there a little bit as a talking point. Ottawa trades for Chikrin. It makes them a lot better on the short term and the long term. Ottawa is legit. They are legit. And you've heard me say it for a couple of months now whenever I talk about the playoff race. I think Detroit, I've said that I, all along I thought Detroit was going was gonna to regress. Their shooting percentage was the only reason they were winning games. They were through the roof, and that was bound to regress. They were never going to maintain where their shooting percentage was. They never had the puck. They weren't getting good goaltending. They just were scoring on an insane percentage of their shots. That's, by the way, fallen back to earth. It's happened. They've regressed. They are who we thought they were. So that's Detroit. Washington, I've been saying for months, they're old. They're going to hit the wall. Now, I didn't know Ovechkin would have to leave for weeks because of, uh, you know, of death in the family. Um, But they've hit a wall and they're now selling and they're, I think, pretty much dead. I know they're right there in the standings, but games played matter here. Strength of schedule matters here. Playoff percentages have both of those teams really low. Detroit is at 2% to make the playoffs. And they're sellers. They sold on this deadline day. The 1%, sorry, actually. Washington is at 9%. These odds, by the way, are from puckluck.com. Florida's at 18. Ottawa's at 16. Ottawa has the puck all the time. And they were good before Chikrin got there. And they don't even have their number one center. Josh Norris is their number one center. He's he's going to end up missing 70 games. So I like Ottawa's build. I do. I think they are they are in this. They are tied with the Sabres in the standings. They have one more game played. They enter the equation absolutely. The way I see it right now, Pittsburgh is starting to pull ahead. Pittsburgh, in fact, this might blow your mind. That puck luck site I just referenced, they have Pittsburgh at 97% to make the playoffs. 97%. They are four points clear of anybody else, and they are one point ahead of the Islanders with three games in hand. For sake of conversation, I'm going to give Pittsburgh their spot. They're in. Now what do I got? I think what this, this playoff race will boil down to, as I look at it today, four teams for one spot. The Islanders, the Sabres, the Senators, and the Panthers. Four teams, one spot, and I think it's all pretty close. Now, those playoff odds I referenced, 37% for the Islanders, 22% for the Sabres, 18% for Florida, 16% for Ottawa. I might disagree a little bit with that because I don't think the Islanders have the horses to get this done. Um, we'll see. They've they've won four of their last 10. 
they're getting overtime points, which is helping them out in a big way, but they still have so many more games played than everybody. I think either the Sabres, the Senators, or the Panthers will get hot, and I think the Islanders will miss. So that's kind of how I look at the playoff right now. I think the Sabres have a chance. They have, a, they have a tw- about a one-in-four chance is how I see it. All of those four teams is kind of how I see that. So those are the four teams I think to watch the most closely. Tampa Bay. That doesn't get easier. At not at, at Key Bank Center. Key, Tampa Bay, 1230 puck drop on Saturday. Um, so that's going to do it for us here on Deadline Day. Thanks, everybody, for listening uh, throughout the week. Hopefully you enjoyed Deadline Day. Got a nice trade out of it. Uh, and we'll hopefully see a win against the Lightning on Saturday. So hopefully I'll talk to you after a win here next time on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase at Sneaky Joe Sports. If you want to follow me on Twitter at Lockdown Sabres or, again, check us out on YouTube. Go to YouTube. Search Lockdown Sabres, easiest way to get a hold of us, and we will talk to you next time here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast.